0: Listener
1: production. U.S. stocks post encouraging gains ahead of key economic news. And Aussie shares expected
0: to open higher on Wednesday ahead of a speech by Reserve Bank Governor Philip Lowe. I'm Tom.
1: And I'm Ryan. It's Wednesday the 12th of July. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, these markets are quite stoic, aren't they, in the face of what is an important piece of news later on uh, tonight, local time with the CPI figures out of the U.S., No nerves where the stocks and bonds were concerned last night. Absolutely, Tom. It's nice to see the market broadening out here ahead
0: of earnings results.
1: Indeed. So just to quickly give you a picture of what happened, the Dow Jones finished with an improvement of 0.9 of a percent, the S&P 500 up 0.7 of a percent, the NASDAQ up 0.6% of a and of course uh, that is not a complete picture until you reflect on what happened in the bond market and 10-year government bonds slightly easier down by three basis points to 3.98% and a two-year Treasury note just up slightly, two basis points to 4.89%. So Ryan, given that sort of flux that we saw towards the end of last week where stocks were quite unnerved, it's almost surprising to see the way that they've shaped up in the last couple of sessions.
0: Well, Tom, I think that investors are really positioning for a slowdown in inflation when it's released tonight in the United States. So the forecast that we've got out there at the moment is that consumer prices in America will lift by 0.3%. That's both the headline and the core number, which excludes volatile items like energy and food. And that would take the annual gains for headline and call to 3.1% and 5% respectively. I would... Add, though, that the significant base effects from last year. Yes. So in June last year, we saw inflation in America at 9.1%, which was broadly the highest in 40 years. So that rolls off. That gets the headline annualised rate down. Importantly, the other thing to note as well is we're expecting to see a decline in used car prices and also new car prices during the month of June. There's also the seasonality impact of travel categories. So we could see falls in hotel and public transportation prices and shelter inflation could moderate somewhat. So we should expect to see a little bit of an easing in those price pressures in the month of June.
1: Indeed. So as you rightly point out, the core measure is expected to go from 53 to 5%. I mean, we we talk about this a lot. Regardless of the progress, you are still looking at a very high underlying rate of inflation, and tonight's outcome is quite important. The way these markets are behaving, the whisper numbers that we're getting ahead of these figures uh, suggest that the markets might be expecting this number to undershoot.
0: Well, certainly it's- their positioned for that, but what we have continued to hear from US Federal Reserve officials is they expect to hike interest rates by at least another 50 basis points as they tackle persistent price pressures, but that said, if you look at money markets and the way they're trading at the moment, they're pricing in rate hikes of 35 basis points. So there is some element of doubt that the US Federal Reserve will lift interest rates as much as anticipated. But one thing that was notable last night, of course, was some economic data, and this one was related to small businesses in the United States, and we got the latest update from the
1: NFIB, Tom. Indeed. So this is basically the group that represents small to medium enterprises in the United States, the extent to which it's affecting prices, probably at the margins, but I think what you do is consider it a part of a broader picture that comes together to to form a slightly improving outlook when it comes to the way organisations and business operators are beginning to you know, see the next 12 to 18 months, I suppose.
0: Well... U.S. small business confidence climbed to a seven-month high in June, and that's despite, obviously, the 500 basis points of rate hikes by the U.S. central bank. Pessimism about the U.S. economic outlook diminished. Sales expectations improved. The labor market still remains tight. Small businesses' investment plans lifted, and expectations for price increases rose. So, price hiking plans would be unwelcomed by the US Federal Reserve.
1: But um, from a business perspective, what it means is that these organisations are finally in a position where they can defend their margins more effectively than they have been able to in recent times. And I suppose the other important aspect of this is the way it ties into the other surveys that we talk a lot about, uh, such as the broader surveys of services and manufacturing, the ISM surveys. So. The anecdotes that we have been getting out of those surveys have been improving in recent times as well. And that's what I mean by the coalition of that bigger picture rather than this by itself making any difference to the way that people feel about things.
0: Well, what it does show is that the US economy remains incredibly resilient. So we are seeing some signs a consumer is weakening in terms of their spending, but the business side of the equation still remains very firm. There's not enough workers... And businesses are still lifting prices. So the inflationary backdrop still looks very challenged.
1: Yeah, it's almost a zero sum game. So, you know, if the business surveys tell you that the organizations are defending their margins well, then a consumer is going to think, well, you know, I'm going to have to be a little more disciplined in my choices as far as spending is concerned. And, you know, that ultimately boils down to you know, the way different organizations in different industries are able to report their profitability.
0: Absolutely, and one of the things that stood out last night on the inflation front was out of the United Kingdom. So we saw wage growth, the joint fastest pace on record, basic earnings in the, in the United Kingdom over three months to May compared with a year ago, it rose by a whopping 7.3%. Wage I'm growth wondering. in Australia is 3.7% annualised. In the UK, it's 7.3%.
1: This has been a theme for a while in the UK in terms of this level of of wage growth being maintained, that's going to be a a hard road to hoe for the Bank of England.
0: We continue to see the highest inflation amongst advanced economies in the United Kingdom on the back of higher wages. The unemployment rate did unexpectedly lift to 4% from 3.8%. So that is a bit of a sign that we are seeing a bit of an easing in those labour market conditions. And Job vacancies also did decline as well, but nevertheless, we saw a strong reaction from the British pound sterling, the currency. It rallied strongly, and that weighed on the UK FTSE 100 equity index, which only rose by 0.1%, lagging the FTSE Euro first 300 index, which rose by 0.7%.
1: Well, it was yeah the underperformer in Europe when you consider that the German market was up by around three quarters of a percent. Even the French managed to cobble together an impressive gain. Maybe they're boosted by the Tour de France, which we're not going to talk about, Uh, the CAC up by 1.1%. So the picture today, Ryan, is a fascinating one because now we're moving into that window uh, for the week where there are quite a number of risk hurdles to navigate. Uh, Shall we do that in chronological order? The Reserve Bank Review and Monetary Policy, that is the title of Dr. Lowe's speech today. Is that going to move the needle?
0: Well, it depends on whether he talks about the interest rate outlook or whether it's Mm. a defence of his management of the Reserve Bank. So just to provide a bit of background here, of course, we've had a 272-page review of the Reserve Bank of Australia, which was released... Insomniacs are pleased. ...a while ago, back in April, in fact, and... In that report, it outlined a range of reforms from a more focused policy mandate to fewer policy meetings and a separate board for the bank's day-to-day operations. In terms of market confidence, the RBA's new monetary policy board would retain its independence from government and its flexible inflation target of 2 to 3%, nothing new there, and it would introduce a simpler dual mandate of price stability and full employment, bringing it in line with other major central banks and aim to be more transparent on policy. So, According to Jim Chalmers, the federal treasurer, making the RBA fit for the future.
1: We could talk for weeks about this, and we won't. So you're Let's welcome. Let's move on. Yes. <laughs> Let's move um, on to a Reserve Bank uh, yeah, of New Zealand, indeed. which exactly. actually so, has a different mantra when
0: but, it comes to these things.
1: That's right. So look, it, it seems like it's a, a little removed from our experience, but you know the way that all of these central banks manage their messaging and the way they behave... Um, it all comes together in terms of you know, how investors are thinking about the trends for, for, for rates. So today's decision from the RBNZ is an important one.
0: The Reserve Bank of New Zealand has been ultra-aggressive, more so than other central banks around the world, and it's expected to end its streak of 12 consecutive rate hikes today with the official cash rate remaining at 5.5%. They've lifted interest rates by a whopping 525 basis points, That's the most aggressive since 1999, and it's pushed the housing market into a steep correction. It's driven the economy into recession. That said, the unemployment rate is at 3.4%. So while they've had some success in New Zealand in cooling the economy, there's concerns about the potential for a double dip recession, and certainly there's still extreme labour shortages and unemployment remains low, which is a pressure for inflation.
1: Indeed. So, you know, in terms of following the playbook that a central bank should, you know, you kind of think, well, where can we afford some breakage here? And clearly it's on the uh, employment side of things. There's almost no chance that they're going to raise rates today. So the capacity for a surprise today is pretty limited where the RBNZ is concerned. Bank of Canada, uh, however, another rather punchy central bank when it comes to raising rates, they'd probably be a runner-up to the Reserve Bank of New Zealand in terms of the pace at which they've been raising rates and managing expectations.
0: Absolutely, Tom. The Bank of Canada is likely to hike again to ensure inflation remains sustainably within its target, remembering that persistent inflation and resilient demand led the Bank of Canada to restart rate hikes in June after a five-month pause We're expecting to lift interest rates to 5% thereabouts. And with that labour market remaining still tight, another 25 basis point rate hikes on the cards.
1: Quickly to the local market today, the futures are anticipating a gain of around a half of 1% for the ASX 200 when we kick off later on this morning. So uh, encouraging the fact that it's building on the 1.5% gain that we have seen yesterday. Probably keep an eye on energy stocks because we've seen a nice gain as far as oil prices are concerned. We saw the US and European benchmarks each up by more than 2%. So, that um, is a reflection of that conversation that we've been hearing out of uh, OPEC and allied producers most recently about the prospects of limiting supply. And uh, that Hasn't had a direct impact immediately, but recent days have been quite encouraging where energy prices have been concerned.
0: We've seen a stabilisation in energy prices, and there has been talk about stronger demand, particularly in developing and developed economies, which is providing support for all prices. But really the action overnight, Tom, was in the industrial metal space. We saw aluminium prices up by 0.6%, and that was on the back of Chinese demand hopes. We saw new vehicle sales In China, in June, jump by four point eight percent year on year. So, it's quite surprising. It is, and and that provided support for certainly aluminium prices broadly as well. We did see a little bit of a lift in iron ore futures. They were up by zero point one percent to one hundred nine point three four U.S. dollars a ton. With Beijing calling on lenders in China to step up relief measures for beleaguered property developers, so certainly with the sector responsible for about a third of China's steel demand that provided some support for those steel-making ingredient prices.
1: Indeed. So the Aussie dollar has been a bit bouncy overnight. It's uh, been as low as 66.5 US cents. And as we start Asian trade, it's around 66.8 US cents. Look, if you've got any feedback about or how you see the ideal length of our conversations, because we do try to keep them manageable in terms of length. So we're Um, not depriving you of spending your time on other more important things in life. But if you've got some feedback, please uh, let us know. Ryan,
0: have a good day. Have a wonderful day and go the Maroons. (laughs)